two years ago, I moved to the complete other side of the world, just freshly turned 18. I moved to the UK from Australia, as a lot of people will know. Still to this day, a lot of people get confused with that, thinking, wait, do you live in Australia? Wait, what? Are you Australian? No, hang on. Are you, are you, are you a Brit? Do you live in London? Do you, do you live in Melbourne? Do you live in Sydney? Do you live in America? So at 18 years of age, I moved from Australia, having lived there for 18 years, to go on a two-year visa to the United Kingdom. As of today, which is Sunday the 25th of July at 5.42pm local time, I'll have been in this country for two years and two weeks. So, yeah, a little bit over the two years. You can listen to previous podcasts to understand why I'm still here. There's many different reasons for that, but mainly due to the pandemic, which we're going to be going into pretty heavily in this podcast, uh, I'm not able to leave at the moment. This podcast is going to be a bit of a self-reflection on the past two years. Um, I'm going to also offer a lot of pointers and basically try and connect with people that may be in a similar, or sorry, were in a similar boat to me. Um, whether that be you're shy or unable to do certain tasks and, and you're sort of thrown into the deep end because that, believe it or not, is something that I have gone through. Um, finishing off right at the end with obviously some good experiences and and basically telling you why I'd recommend if you have the opportunity in your life and you're young, no matter your confidence levels, why moving out and maybe potentially heading to another country, again, once again, if you're in the position to do so, can be one of the best decisions that you will ever make and one that will have a massive implication on who you are as a person for the better, I'd argue. Um, So I just thought the perfect place to start off was how I was before I moved to London and the United Kingdom, which is maybe not the perception people may get when they watch my videos. I've, I I mean, I should probably point out that I do have a YouTube channel. I know there's probably people that will listen to this podcast that do not know who I am. So I do have a YouTube channel. That is what I do full time. This podcast is just a something that is not even for profit. It's just a fun thing I enjoy doing for people like you that maybe enjoy listening. Um, so a lot of people can watch the videos and get that perception that I'm 26 years of age because of my voice. I think my voice is really like uh, soft, but some people will say it's deep and say, oh, I thought you were 27 and so forth. So I've had it all, but... Not that long ago, I was in high school. I was 17, 18 years of age. And a lot of, and I guess people have that perception for me that maybe I was very confident. I was not. Still to this day, I'm not a confident human being. Um, I'm probably... People that know me personally, I'm the furthest thing from being confident. I'm incredibly shy in any situation where it comes to people. Uh, <laughs> you could say I'm not very much a people person, uh, which means doing social media doesn't really fit with what I am as a person but you know I try and make do with as best as I can but I'm definitely not someone that will go up to you know a random person and start having a conversation with them I'm not someone that um mixes well in big groups you know I have someone like two friends two actual friends maybe like two three friends uh certainly only two friends I actually see in person um and that's that's all you know and I don't see them very frequently either Uh, I saw them a lot more before the pandemic, but, you know, I have a really, really small circle, so I'm not someone that is extravagant in that regard. I was also a type of person when I was 17 and 18 that would very much hibernate in my room. I've already gone over it many times, but I was heavily bullied, so I was the kind of person that, you know, spent a lot of my time in my room um, with my dog, who was now sadly, well, he passed away quite a long time ago now, but during my teenage years, you know, my dog was my absolute rock. You know, I didn't have 550 different friends. Um, I'm someone that does not drink alcohol. That is a conscious choice based on personal decisions and also family matters. Also, I've made the conscious decision to, even though it's bad for you, but like I'm never going to drink, I'm never going to smoke. I'm very, very, very heavily against that lifestyle. And when you are 17, 18, unfortunately, that is for a lot of people the only way to have fun. That is the only way to make friends and the only way to fit in. So if you match a... If you pair someone that is shy and 18 years of age with someone that doesn't really go down that avenue, you can sort of understand how difficult that may be to fit in in our current society. That is why I resorted to spending all my time with my dog and uploading Planespotting videos to YouTube. Um, So I was that kind of person that was unable to go to the supermarket and purchase food because I was too nervous to speak to the cashier and hand them my money. Or, you know, I was the type of person that couldn't even use my bank card because I was too scared that I would mess up paying for something and not know what to do. I was the type of person that when 
you know, tradesmen came into my family home where my parents lived, I would hide in my room and close the door so they wouldn't see me. You know, this is the type of person I was, and why I say was is because that's not me anymore, but that is not something that came easy, and that came from throwing myself into the deep end, which is something I I want to get more into as we move forward, and how why I'd recommend this to people listening that may, you know, resonate with me with that regard, and say, well, that sounds very similar to maybe what I'm going through right now, and it's things I struggle with, and who knows, maybe after listening to this, you can be like, I can overcome how I feel, because trust me, a couple years ago, and I say this like it was 25 years ago, but you know what? It was only two and a bit years ago that I was unable to order from a school canteen because I was too scared to say, hi, can I have a burger and chips? Or could I please get the, the chicken burger? Because I would stutter and, and like spill over my words and not know what to say, or I would fumble my change, you know? So I've been there and I know how difficult it truly is. Um, so I was that kind of person. And, and, you know, you wouldn't really think that someone that was like that would therefore pack their bags up freshly being turned 18 and move to the other side of the world i am an only child so i don't have siblings i just had my dog and my mum and my dad so you can imagine if you are an only child you may understand how therefore you're very close to your parents and you know it's a big thing to just go off and do your own thing but in that position where i was very much secluded from you know kids my age or or teenagers my age or you know the 17 18 year olds that were going off to party I became very independent which means I didn't need other people to sort of make me happy I was happy on my own even if even if that meant spending a month doing my own thing I I was fine with that I was happy to do that Uh, that's a hard that's a very very hard skill to learn I know there's plenty of people that are unable to do that they that you know they need someone always that's perfectly fine um and I'm, I'm happy though that i learned the skill of being able to be by myself and you know a lot of people will call me sad i've had it before but you know i don't care you know i go to the um the pub to eat a meal not to drink alcohol or beer or anything i go to the pub to have a meal by myself basically all the time i go to the cinemas in fact when i'm finishing recording this i'm literally going to the cinemas by myself you know these are things that are frowned upon by many people I am usually the only one in the cinemas by myself. I'm usually the only one at the pub by myself. And you know what? I don't care. Um, But I recognize that that's for a lot of people something they're not able to do. So once again, you picture all this thing and you don't expect someone that wants to go over to the other side of the world. So why did I go? That's that's a question I get a lot. Because once again, it seems something that's so far-fetched and makes absolutely no sense. Well, I was in a position where, you know, uh, there's obviously university, which is an option directly after high school. Unfortunately for me, university was not something that was really an option. Um, I was not the most academically gifted person. Uh, I was always good with assignments and I always handed my work in on time. But when it came to exams and tests, there's something I've never been able to do. You know, I could study for 550 hours, do everything they, the teacher suggests, and I still would not do well in the exam. I've just not really been able to do that. And unfortunately, the way the education system works, I don't necessarily agree with it. It's all based on tests and exams and that number. That number, you're basically just a number in the system put against everyone else. So if exams and tests are not your forte, it's bye-bye. There are other avenues, but it's 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 bye-bye, essentially. And why I say bye-bye is because for me personally, because I was not someone that was academically gifted in that sense, the support from the school dwindled. You know, it was that sort of thing of, why would they prioritize someone like me when you have someone like, as an example, I, I have no idea, let's just say, I mean, there's an admin in my Discord server by the name of Lizard. Let's just say Lizard. <laughs> Not not the not the reptile, but you know, a person that's his uh, Discord name. It's like Lizard is really, really academically gifted and will therefore give the school a good look. Or then there's me. You know, they're gonna prioritize Lizard. Could have someone like once again another person in the server, Lex. Lex is very, very academically gifted. Even transport fan, you know, these people are academically gifted, they're gonna they're gonna you know, prioritize these people over someone like me. And that's what happened. And I was very much alienated and in a position where, you know, I was sort of there and I, I passed for people that are curious. I did pass high school, but just sort of put to the side and no no teachers really gave me any sort of time and help. So university, unfortunately for me, was not an option after I turned 18. I have always wanted to move to London. My mum is obsessed with London. I can't, I mean, if you ever, not that 
you listening would, but, you know, if you ever were to just walk into my family home in Australia, one of the first things you'd be greeted by is the living room, and my mother has a wall in there that is basically full of souvenirs, posters and flags, stickers from when we went on holiday to Europe back in 2016. Um, she has everything. She has the buses. She just loves London. Um, like, a tent, she just loves it. And she's probably the main reason why I'm here. Um, because when she talked about it so many times, it sort of went on to me. Uh, if you were to come into my bedroom into uh, in Melbourne, Australia, you would see that on the inside of my wardrobe door, there's a little uh, posting. And it's like, one of my goals. I wrote this in 2008. I wanted to go to London to watch my football team play a game of football. Um, I had like a bucket list I wrote when I was 12 and it was like to live in London. <laughs> so I've always wanted to move here and I guess assessing it is in a sense of, well, I can't go to university. At that point in time, I was very grateful that my YouTube channel was doing well and it was sort of a thing of, I'm going to do it. But see, that was, that was one of the hardest decisions of, I'm going to do it. Because once again, at this point in time, I'm still the person that doesn't know how to speak to human beings, basically. Even to the point of uh, just from trying to come here, I had to do tests and I had to go into the CBD of Melbourne and go into offices and just just navigating the city of Melbourne, which was something I really couldn't do well. And I'm just like, my God, I'm going to have to do this in London. And it was very... But I felt like I was such so much on cloud nine that for me, uh, moving didn't seem like a big thing until I was on the plane. And like, I'm not going to admit it. People can make fun of me all they want. Once again, I do not care. Um, but I was crying on the plane from Melbourne to Singapore. There was a period where I cried for like an hour and a half. And you want to know why? Because at that point, that was the realization of what I was actually doing. It set in. I know it's not a great time to have the realization set in that you're moving across the other side of the world. But for me, it was, in fact, I remember it literally leaving Australia. We were somewhere over like the Northern Territory and I could see, it sounds so dumb and so cliche, but I could see Australia. We had just flown into the waters and I could see it further away and I just started crying. I was like, oh my God, you know, at, I will make fun of myself for crying. But at, at that time, it was, it's a very daunting thing. And I was finally realizing that, oh God, I'm actually going. And I have been pretty much fine since, bar the pandemic, which I'll get onto later in this sort of episode of, of reflection. And for me, it, it really hit then. It hit, it, it hit home, as they say, that I was leaving uh, but up until that point, I was excited and fine. And I was so adamant. I was like, I just want to go back. Let's When we get to Singapore, I want to turn back around and we're going home. That was that was how, how bad it was for me. Because it was sort of at that point I realized, I can't even order my own goddamn food. You know, and I'm going to live here by myself eventually for two years. How the hell am I going to do that? So that, and obviously being away from my mum and my dad was a whole whole other thing. So yeah, there's, there's other reasons as well. Um, for people that are more personal and again this podcast is sort of I say it every episode this podcast yes relates to aviation at times but it's also a podcast for people that just want to know a little bit more about me it's a podcast also for myself I make these podcasts to listen back in years and reflect on where I was in my life Um, it's sort of like a diary but you know uh, respectfully I can't be bothered writing a diary. I'm not going to sit there for five hours. So I just record it, seeming I always do audio stuff in my job. Um, so in a personal sense, my football team, once again, is in London. Uh, people are going to hate me because, you know, I follow Chelsea FC. I have for the past God knows how long. And I always wanted to be able to follow them up and down the country. I didn't want to sit at 3 a.m. every three days and basically have no sleep watching them. I wanted to actually go to the grounds and and support them. Um, so that was something I always wanted to do. So another reason why I went over then when I could. Uh, obviously, Europe is a lot more, you know, it's better located for aviation. Unfortunately, I didn't really get to do anything with that because of the pandemic and other reasons. Um, but at the time, it was also moving over for work and more opportunities. I didn't get any opportunities, uh, but it was it was a pipe dream of what I wanted. Um, and also, it was the close proximity to locations I've always wanted to go, which, again, I didn't get to do. If you're noticing a theme, the pandemic really stopped me from doing anything I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Switzerland. In fact, uh, I have... Is it right next to me? Where actually is it? Yeah. I have a Canon G7X right next to me. 
this camera I bought before I moved to the UK and a lot of people always beg me for trip reports. I will always say the same thing. I will never book a flight if I don't actually need to go to the location because personally, I value my money and I don't want to spend $500 just to make a trip report. You know, I also love everyone that watches my videos, but I don't want to spend $500 just as I think you wouldn't. I like, I, I'm, I'm sensible with my money. But I bought a Canon G7X because there's a bunch of locations in Europe I wanted to visit. And I thought, hey, if I'm going on a Ryanair, let me make a trip report. Fun fact, this has not been used for one single trip report. In fact, it's just turned into a general photography camera. Uh, so that says everything you need to know that my intentions were there to make trip reports, but everything sort of had a spanner in the works. So I always also wanted to be independent moving over here. And I think it was a thing of, you know, I'm moving over here to grow as a human being. And that's one of the main things I can take away from the past two years, which I will get into when I reflect, especially when I'm talking about the pandemic and, you know, my experiences. But I actually didn't have many friends over here. I only had two. Uh, they're two of my closest friends. And you might be like, well, how did you meet them? I literally met them on Twitter in a group chat. And uh, I went from a Twitter group chat to we were going up and down the country. In fact, most recently, I went to Portugal to watch my team win basically the most important trophy in club football with one week noticed with my best mate who I met in a Twitter group chat talking about football like four or three years ago. So like I said, um, I didn't have many people I knew and these people have become so close and you know welcomed me in. But other than that, I didn't know anyone. Uh, through them, I've met more people and that's what I really want to get into is like the life before the pandemic because a lot of people may have questions you may listen to this and be like hey I want to move overseas but how do I do it one of the main things I did was look at core interests and use that as a way to not try and spend too much time in my flat or my place of residency in your matter if you would be moving overseas so I'm someone that has always sort of enjoyed movies um, obviously I had football uh, and I sort of had to find avenues to break up that work-life balance. For me, I always had the football, but I heavily got into movies and cinema, and I would often go to the cinemas. Once again, I'd, I'd go to the cinemas by myself, but, you know, it was something to look forward to. And it tr at the early stages, it definitely made me forget that I was there by myself because I always had, you know, sort of so much going on in my life that it, it, it didn't really it crossed my mind that you know I live by myself and there's no one there and yeah because that's another thing by the way I just should mention I live by myself that will be crucial um, when we get to the pandemic part of this episode and like reflection because at the moment we're still in very much the early stages of me like making that decision to move and especially arrival because um, like I said the football happens every three days I'm going to the games with my friends um, and so forth so it was very very busy work was going great because once again this was before the pandemic so work was doing well there was always something happy going on as dumb as it sounds um there was always something positive in the aviation industry i mean every week it seemed like there was an order every week an aircraft i mean bar the 737 max everything just seemed great you know 787s you know we had a couple orders for the 787 everything was nice and um I was having an absolute ball doing many, many different things, experiencing new things. I was loving just seeing London and being on my own, but also getting comfortable on my own. This is doing my shopping. This is not just moving to the other side of the world and, you know, it's all fun things. You know, I'm, I'm still having to clean and cook and albeit I don't really cook that much anymore. Uh, so that's something I've always, I will always, you know, if you're listening to this and you are in school and you have the option, take a cooking class. I will literally never recommend anything more than taking cooking you know it may not be the most academically amazing class like science but take cooking because at the end of the day you're gonna need to know how to cook you can't rely on your husband or your your wife or your partner for the rest of your life you need to know how to cook so i would always recommend doing that and that's something i did in school it was fun and uh i'm not gonna lie a lot of people would just messed around in it but you know i still learned the fundamentals of how to cook food and that is very very important in surviving especially moving to the other side of the world by yourself. So yeah, if you're in high school now, definitely look at taking cooking if it's an option. You won't regret it, especially when you get older. Um, yeah. So where was I with that? So like I was saying, there's a lot of other things. You know, you've got the cleaning, you've got the managing, you've got rent, you've got bills, and these are all things I never experienced. 
So you get in the mail a bill and you got to pay the bill. And it's like, that's very daunting. And, you know, this is all, this all comes down to that thing of the, if we go back to the start of the podcast, me being incredibly shy at 17, only like three months prior, not being able to order food. And then I had people coming into my flat and I'd speak to them, you know, talking to my landlord and not staring at the ground or, or mumbling, constantly getting calls from my property manager and so forth. And you know what I mean? These are all things that were just so foreign to me. And the only way I did it, you know, the way I did it, literally jumped in the deep end. The deep, you look at it, just picture an imaginary swimming pool in your head. You got the deep and shallow end. You can start in the shallow end and work your way to the deep end slowly but surely. What I did was literally get thrown in the deep end and it's my choice, but it's the best decision I've ever made because I would not be the person I would be now. There's no way in hell that the person talking now Maybe you don't get to see this side of me that much because at the end of the day, you watch three-minute videos every day. But on a personal level, the person I am today is, is would not be... If I hadn't made this decision to come here, I would still be the person that would be sat at home, unable to speak to anyone. I would not be able to order food. I would not be able to pay for food. I wouldn't be able to deal with anything. Um, so it was always the right decision for me, and I, I will never regret a second of it. But like I said... Life before the pandemic, I was creating experiences, unforgettable experiences that I will never, ever, ever forget. I still remember to this day, the first ever time I took a train in the UK. This is before I was into trains. I went from London to Reading and I watched my football team play in Reading in a pre-season game. Uh, and I had to get a train and then a bus and I had to walk and I didn't know where I was. And I found all my uh, football club's fans and I walked with them. You know, I still remember that like it was yesterday. I remember going to Wolverhampton, still one of my favourite days ever. And again, you'll see a theme, it's always football. Um, but that's just one of them. They're the most memorable experiences for me. I hope you'll understand that. And um, I still remember going to Wolverhampton, 27 degrees, shorts, t-shirt, watching my team win, in basking in sunlight, and I think we won like 5-2. And that is still to this day. And going home on the train surrounded by Chelsea fans. And you know what? I didn't know the bloke that was next to me or the bloke that was in front of me, but for two and a half hours, we talked about football. I've never spoken to them again. I didn't even get their name. But see, for me, as someone who doesn't drink, there was a common interest there. It wasn't alcohol, and yeah, of course they drink, but you know, it was football. And that's allowed me to meet so many incredible people. It's that sort of thing of, I've never spoken to them again, but I'll never forget that day and how much fun it was and how hot it was on the train all just little moments that memories that will literally last a lifetime and that that's the most beautiful thing about this experience i'll get more into some of my favorite experiences a bit later in this podcast because i do want to finish on a good note especially because now we're heading into well the pandemic side of things no one expected this pandemic to happen i don't think anyone you know i moved to london july 2019 so i moved before there was any you know anything of the pan the pandemic we really shut down in march 2020 so I didn't move here during a pandemic. I moved here way beforehand. So I was predicting two years of fun and two years of good times, not two years of, well, six months of really, really fun and then sort of it dwindling out and becoming very, very tough. Um, I was very lucky that my parents came to visit me in December of 2019. So they came just before the pandemic. That was the last time I saw them. I've Like I've seen them and I've not seen them since. Um, but thankfully they were able to come here and experience London for about a month before they left again. So I'm very, very happy they got to do that. Um, because of, and I'm happy I got to see them because then it would have been even longer without them, even though it feels like a very, very long time. Uh, so come March, I think everyone listening to this, we, we all know that was, it was very unknown. We didn't really know what was happening. And for any of the people listening in the UK, you will know how, uh, good old Boris told us that it would be a two-week thing to flatten the curve, the lockdown, and then lo and behold, four or five months later, we were still in lockdown. Uh, so I don't think anyone predicted it lasting this long. Maybe some people did, but I certainly did not think it would be this long. I didn't think it would have the implications it did. I didn't, you know, because I never thought I'd live through this. I don't think any of us really would have thought we would have lived through a global pandemic a year and a, like two years ago. I think everyone just didn't think it was possible. We had the Ebola thing and we've had other... I didn't think we would go through this at all, especially to this extent. And, um, 
you know, it, it was it's hard. The, the past year and a half have been hard. I will not lie to you. I will not say that it's not been incredibly hard. Uh, you know, I'm someone that always keeps to myself, but it's been the hardest time of my life. I have been on my own now for a very, very long time. And at first, the lockdown what was weird. And it was like, oh, but again, I think it was that optimism of it would be fine. And we would be out of it very, very soon. And then I think it kept going on and on and on. And then it was, I think, it was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was starting to sort of become, well, what's going to happen? And we, we slowly but surely got a bit of freedom, I will admit, as the weather got better in 2020. Uh, and I, I heavily utilized my uh, friends and we'd go and kick the football around at the local park. Um, I should just mention that the first lockdown was not where I struggled. I did not really struggle during the first lockdown. I'm not going to lie. Looking back... I binge-watched TV shows and cooked cake, baked cakes and made lots of extravagant food and worked. And there was a lot going on with the industry at that point. I think it got really, really bad from sort of November of last year onwards um, because that's when it was, for me personally, I don't know about your experience listening, but for me, when it was like November 2020, it was, we've already done this and we're doing this again, you know, the lockdown sort of thing, and, and it became a... Um, because they're not snap lockdowns here in the UK. I know a lot of people in Australia will have their lockdowns for two weeks and one week. You know, we didn't have these snap lockdowns. We had lockdowns for five months, uh, four months, and they, they definitely take their toll. It was also pretty bad because the November lockdown was during the peak of winter. Not very much sunlight, you know, crap weather was very, very difficult. But we're still, at the moment, we're still on the first lockdown. And like I said, I would utilize my friends when we could go and meet someone and would kick the football for six hours. And that that was my sort of dose of, of fun. And um, this is coming from every three days I would see my friends and we would go and watch the football together to not seeing them at all. My friendship with my, like you know, my, the friendships I have are built on football. So if football was suspended and not much was going on, we didn't really communicate. So I was very, very, very much sort of alone type of thing and then struggling um and i think i've always enjoyed my alone time you can take a look at this podcast and i've said many times that i've enjoyed my alone time but it does take its toll being inside constantly not being able to talk to anyone and forcing yourself to seem happy in youtube videos when on the grand scheme of things, it was not a great time of things. I think you can imagine how the aviation industry has been hurt so much by this pandemic. At a point in time, there was literally nothing to talk about. And how am I meant to make videos if there's nothing going on? So I'm, you know, pulling my hair out, trying to figure out what to do. At the exact, It didn't happen initially at first, but as we move slowly but surely into that second lockdown from November to, like, April, um, it got really, really bad. Uh, I won't get, I'm not going to get into exact amounts, but I was not making enough to survive, let alone pay rent and for food, but I was stuck here. So I was very much in that position of, do I come home? Uh, and that was, I was nearly booking flights. This is January, February of this year that I nearly was trying to come home back to Australia. Thank God I didn't because I never would have gotten a flight. In fact, I'm still struggling now to get a flight. Everything happens for a reason. I will get on to the positives of not going home, but everything happens for a reason. I will just say that. And I think not coming back home, even though I was incredibly, incredibly struggling, is probably a good decision based on what ended up happening. Um, but yeah, there was not a whole lot to do with YouTube. I couldn't do anything. I could barely afford rent the way it was going. Uh, I think I learned a lot of how the loyalty in, in YouTube... Uh, for people that are unaware, I have basically one sponsor, NordVPN. They're my only sponsor. I lost all my sponsors. Any sponsor, anyone that wanted to work with me, ditched during the pandemic. And I know why, but that was sort of another thing that helped me with just a little bit on the side to try and push me through the pandemic. They all left uh, because the vid no one was watching plane content because, first of all, there was nothing to talk about. But second of all, no one wanted to see it because no one could fly and there was nothing positive going on. And the amount of hate I got during the pandemic probably didn't help me uh, because I received... From people that literally loved watching my content were complaining and were like, you've gotten boring and it's always bad news. And 
I think a lot of people don't realize how bad their words can affect someone when they're already down, especially when, you know, I was on my own and I didn't get into how I was feeling. I never went into how I was feeling because I was always this happy person um, on YouTube making videos, but I was not happy. You know, it was really, really bad. And I think seeing all the social media outcry, people that were having a go at me and I was kind of like in that position of, you know, I get it, but what do you want me to do? People would complain that there was no content on the channel, but the only thing going on was, unfortunately, airlines collapsing and orders being cancelled. And my job is to report what's going on. So, you know, when an airline sends through a press release saying they've made a billion or they've lost a billion dollars, that's something to cover. But, you know, I was being too negative um, and it was kind of like, oh, I have to still, you know, at the end of the day, I have to still eat. It's as simple as that. I still wanted to eat. I don't want to be homeless. You know, I still wanted to make content. And seeing everyone complain because the news was negative, it was kind of like, well, what do you want me to do? Fabricate stories. And it's funny because I did actually make positive content and no one watched it. <laughs> so it was that sort of thing of I was stuck and like, well, what am I meant to do? Am I, I can't, no one watches any positive content and then everyone hates it when I do negative content, but they watch. And I think people, a lot of people thought that I loved making this content that was so negative. I hated it. You know, to this day, if you think I enjoy making content on the 787's problems or, I don't know, Norwegian... No, I don't. I hate it. I absolutely despise it. You know, today I published a video on Breeze Airways and unfortunately they're spending temporarily a number of their routes and have uh, reduced, I think, something like 13 of their 39... Uh, routes from four times weekly to two times weekly. That's not that's not necessarily the most amazing news. They're citing um, the new aircraft not coming in, but I would also say it has a lot to do with demand potentially as well. Um, especially considering they're a low fare like flex airline, meaning they they cancel stuff based on demand. That's their whole. That's the gist of their operations. I hate doing that. I'd much rather be like Breeze Airways has ordered a hundred new aircraft, but unfortunately, that's not how the aviation industry and works. So you're dealing with all these exterior stresses of basically not making enough money to survive and there's the pressures everywhere, left, right and centre, people are throwing stuff at you and it just becomes too much. And it became too much for me. You have the aspect of um, working, eating, relaxing at the same place. I don't live in a huge flat, I'm very lucky and I'm very, very grateful that I'm in a position where I at least I'm not in a studio flat, meaning my bedroom is in a corridor down the end and I have like a living area with my kitchen. But at the end of the day, for me personally, I don't enjoy relaxing, eating and working in the same place. I have had to turn what was meant to be the dining table is where I work. So basically I eat in front of my keyboard, my meals, if I'm cooking at home, I um, relax at the desk and I also work. So there is no real escape and going to the football, going to the cinemas for me personally was a huge escape. And uh, when I lost all that, because I was unfortunately that kind of person that had all these exterior things I did for pleasure that were taken away because of the pandemic. So I was left with sort of nothing. And I relied on lo- a lot on that. On happy- like that, My happiness was relied heavily on these things that were taken away. Like I'm sure everyone else listening. Um, I just want to reiterate, this is my experience. I don't want to try and come off like really like silly because I know there's people that have it worse than me trust me I know I know there's people that have lost I'm very thankful I haven't lost anyone with COVID but there's probably someone listening that has and you know I'm very very sorry for that my deepest condolences and I wouldn't wish that on anyone so I just want to again in this day and age I want to make it known that I am not trying to say my life is so goddamn hard because at the end of the day I'm still very lucky but I just want to sort of shed some light on how hard it was. Um, I'm just going through my notes uh, and I've gone over... Oh, so yeah. So uh, something I heavily relied on, especially during the pandemic, was music. Still to this day, I, I've always loved music, but the pandemic was... It really made me... It made my love for music be a lot higher. And like the artists that I have, I really, really enjoy. I cared a hell of a lot more about and now I care a lot more about because they were artists I listened to, you know even more so in the pandemic. And as dumb as it sounds, when they'd release something, I would look forward to that Friday when it was a release. And that was what got me through it. Yeah, so the, the pandemic was not a great thing for me and it still isn't to this day, but I have sort of moved past it 
in a sense of I think we've come out the other side of it. You know what I mean? It it's it has its periods where it's it gets harder, um, and for work it still is not right. We have one good month and then three bad months. You know this month's not been great. There's not a whole lot going on in the industry, but when things start happening in the aviation industry, I feel like for me work gets better. And you may be thinking, well, this is not really you talking about moving to London, but see, this all relates to my experience because it would have been very different had I been in Australia or something like that. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's my work. I'm away from home. I've got to pay the rent. Uh, Very, very messy. It's been very, very hard. You know, sponsors abandoning me. So I had no exterior support from other than Google. You know, if Google AdSense wasn't there. Uh... But I think we made it. I think we've made it out of the pandemic in a sense of I think we've made it in like my channel has survived. What the future holds, I'm not sure, but I think we've made it out and I kind of want to close this part now of the podcast, not finish it, but close this book of like the pandemic because it's rough. It's something that happened and uh, I, I don't want to try and dwell on it too much and I want to try and pretend it didn't happen but also recognise that it did and how it's changed me as a person. F- fortunately, the next sort of two or three subtopics for this podcast are a lot happier and more exciting and, and positive, so thank you for sticking with me during this period. Um, but let's let's move on to maybe people that would call it a mistake or how it could be perceived as a, as a mistake to move to the other side of the world and if these two years would be classed as a fail. I personally feel like you could definitely say the past two years have been a fail, but I also could say they've been the best two years of my life and there's various different reasons behind that. At the end of the day, it's not been a great two years in a sense of I haven't really got to do what I've wanted to do but like I've always said so many times in this podcast I wouldn't be the person I would be now without the pandemic as even dumb as it sounds I would not be who I am without the pandemic it's taught me so many different things the hardships of trying to get back to Australia has changed me you know I'm someone that couldn't deal with stress I still very very much struggle with stress but you know what when I forget something I will never complain again because as someone dealing with all this by myself, I've had about 150,000 different things on my mind and there was a time where I couldn't even deal with one thing. So I'm going to be very grateful when, as dumb as it sounds, I forget something at the shop or forget to buy something when I'm 45 years old with a kid and, you know, I forget to buy something for dinner for the family. I'll be like, yeah, it's bad, I'll go fix it. But it was not nearly as bad as what I dealt with when I was 20 or something like that. Um... So I wouldn't say it's a mistake. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity because you know what? At the end of the day, people hate hearing this and it's cliche, but the people that are listening to this right now, the only reason I'm actually in this position to begin with and the only reason why I'm making this podcast is because of the people that have watched the channel and, you know, even though this podcast makes no money, at the end of the day, you've most likely come from the YouTube channel or the Discord server or wherever, but at the end of the day, you've watched the YouTube videos, I think, most likely. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um... So it's that sort of thing of without all the support and without this wouldn't have been possible. And that's why I'm like forever grateful for the position I'm in and forever grateful for the past two years. And I recognize that it's had its lows the past two years, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. Would I want the pandemic to have never happened? Of course, but it happened and there's nothing I can do about it. But it's made me a stronger person. It's made me a better person. It's taught me many, many different things just as being away from home for the past two years. You know, I was actually about to go back to Australia for a week. Nearly, I was booking it two weeks before the pandemic hit and I was like, maybe I won't do it. And that was to go and see my parents. And, you know, what if I was stuck there? I wouldn't have been able to get back to the... So many ifs, buts and maybes. Even the fact of I wanted to go home and chose not to. And that was the best decision not to come home because the past couple of months have been hard, but they've been insane and that's sort of what I want to get into now of the incredible experiences that I will never forget you'll recall at the start of the podcast I explained why I wanted to move to London I wanted to watch my football team play football up and down the country I did that I successfully did that not to the standard I want and that is one of the main reasons why I want to come back next year and my full intention is to come back next year uh, and get about three another three four years of doing that but I only got about seven months following them up the country and 
those seven months turned out to be the most important thing I ever did because two months ago I traveled to Portugal to watch my team play in the UEFA Champions League final. Now, you may think, what is the UEFA Champions League final? Some people know what that is, but that is the most important football game that club football is. It is like the Super Bowl for people that are in America. It is the Super Bowl of European football. It is incredibly hard to get into. There's a 99% chance you will never witness your team win it. Um, My team has now won it twice. However, it is just incredibly difficult to go to. Now, imagine a global pandemic where they don't allow crowds. And even if there are crowds, it's limited capacity. You can imagine how hard it is to get a ticket to a Super Bowl type event when there's not that many people allowed in. Somehow, I got a ticket for myself and my friend. We had five days notice. Uh, I have a podcast. You can check back. It was my incredible journey to Portugal. Uh, I've got a Candy Crush notification. Jesus, I do apologize for that notification sound. Um, There's a podcast, once again. It's the incredible trip to Portugal. You can listen to it. It's an hour and 20 minutes long. So I won't go into too much depth about this. But, you know, from traveling up the country to having my train canceled and having to get a two-hour taxi back sleeping two hours before my flight to Portugal. But at the end of the day, my team won the UEFA Champions League final. I watched my team win. The thing that is the Super Bowl event, which my team may never win again. I'm, I probably will never watch that in the stadium. But, you know, I got to do it. I watched my team in Portugal, 27 degrees, sun, not a cloud in the sky, a country I've never been to, with my friend. I watched them win. Now, had I gone back in February, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So that's why I say everything happens for a reason. Because I ended up doing something I never thought was possible. That is the best. That to this day is the best day of my life. The best twenty or twenty six hours or so of my life was was that. From going on the rooftop bus around Porto and seeing a new place, to experiencing the pandemonia of when we scored, to experiencing the pandemonia of the last seven minutes of stoppage time where everyone had their phones out and was timing it. Uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. And like I said, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I have spent 16, 17 hours on a coach going to Newcastle. One of the best days of my life as well. Surrounded by friends, I met a bunch of new people and we talked football for eight hours and about life and all that kind of stuff. One of the best days of my life. What if I told you that my team lost with the last kick of the ball? We lost 1-0. Last kick of the ball and then they blew the final whistle. But bar the football, bar the actual thing we went there for, that is one of the best days and most enjoyable days of my life. And it sounds funny because you'd be like, wouldn't that be the worst day? And it's like, yes, technically, but everything else was just amazing about it. Another thing I've always enjoyed doing is I've gone on day trips to different parts of the UK I've explored, mostly since everything's opened up in the past couple of months. But one of the fun things is I unfortunately go by myself. But my dad in Australia is sitting in his reclining chair and while I'm asleep... He makes a list on notes using his Google Google and his iPad, and he makes a notes of wherever I'm headed. He will make all the landmarks, how to get there. And you know what we'll do? When I get off the train at the destination, I'll call him, and he will have Google Earth open, and he'll have his list open, and we walk around. And he's like, oh, if you go this way, I'm like, I'm here now. Which way should I go? He's like, oh, go this way. I'll take some pictures. I absolutely love doing that because he can't be here with me, unfortunately, but we still make it work and it's better than me going by myself sort of thing. The bus rides to where I've been, I went to Lille in France back in 2019. I went by coach to Lille with a bunch of Chelsea fans. I spent the day in Lille. Once again, I got beautiful weather, basking in sunlight. One of the best days again. Thankfully, it just happens to go that my team also won, which thank God they did because I don't think I would have been able to handle it. I was trapped in a cage up there with netting surrounding me, but once again, these are experiences I will cherish. I watched the midnight screening of the Star Wars movie, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, with my mum. My mum has never experienced a midnight screening. We didn't just watch a midnight screening. We watched The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker three in a row with popcorn and snacks, back of the cinema and everything like that. And you might ask to yourself, and you might say, oh, the movie's a crap. And you know what? I will honestly say that the storyline was not great, but I don't care because that's not, that's not the principle of it. I got to watch a midnight screening in London with my mum. 
three in a row we watched three movies in a row we got back at 3 a.m and that was one of the most amazing things i've done i've been on speedboats with my mum down the thames this is again my mother who loves london she would never step foot on a, uh, a speedboat she would never ever step foot on anything remotely like that too scared basically forced her to do it and if you ask her today she will say that's one of the best experiences of her life once i told her to actually keep her eyes open she loved it she was screaming she we got literally hailed on while we were on the boat soaked and drenched and cold but one of the most amazing experiences and she loved it and seeing how happy she was and everything like that and you know in 30 years time i will still remember that still remember that day like everything else i've mentioned there's so many different things that I could tell you all about. All you have to do is go through my photo library and I could tell you of 750,000 different experiences from bus stops to being stuck on trains to seeing incredible scenery. I saw snowfall for the very first time. I absolutely love snow, but unfortunately I've never seen it fall. I love snow-capped mountains. There's a reason I have a tattoo on my forearm which has that sort of landscape. This That's my happy place that forever has been my tranquil... Like, if anything is going wrong and I, I look at that sort of thing, it makes me happy forever. I saw snowfall for the very first time in London. I've got pictures of it. I walked in the snow. Uh, I slipped around in the snow. I didn't throw snowballs, but... And it hadn't snowed in London for a very long time. And you know what? Another thing I should mention, uh, it happened after I made the decision to stay instead of going back home. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. And the past two years have not been the best. There's been moments that have been incredible and there's been moments that have low, but I would not change it for the world. And uh, I sit here today, tentatively going home in a week and a half back to Australia, hoping to return. Um, I say I may be going home in a week and a half. I still don't know if my flight's cancelled yet or not. But at the moment, tentatively, my time is almost up. And I wanted to do this podcast to sort of reflect on the past two years. And some people may think this is a stupid, pointless podcast and may think it's absolutely terrible and so forth. Uh, But I hope you've learned something. I will sit here today and I will highly encourage anyone that uh, is, I should say, young. If you have the opportunity and you're in a financial position where you're able to move out of home and maybe go to another country, it doesn't have to be the UK. It doesn't have to be, say, London if you wanted to go to a city. It doesn't even have to be New York. Maybe you want to travel to somewhere in Asia. Maybe you want to go to Africa or maybe you want to go to India. Do that because I think it is the most uh, valuable thing you could do as a human being, especially as someone who's young. It's scary. It's daunting. It's an incredibly big thing to be doing at a young age, but you won't regret it. Not only will you make memories for a lifetime, but you will see the world differently to how someone else that hasn't done this may. You will develop. You will grow. You will go from someone who maybe, like me, could not even speak to someone at a cash register to being able to pay bills, being able to deal with everything, being able to navigate cities that you've never been to before. You know, it doesn't even have to be moving. If you have the opportunity after the pandemic to just travel overseas by yourself at 18 or 19, do it. Seriously, do it. Whether it be backpacking, staying in a hotel, whatever it may be, I just do it. Even if you're scared, bite the bullet and go. Trust me on that. If you don't want to, you don't want to. But at the end of the day, it's just some advice to anyone listening. Because I think it's one of the most valuable and best experiences you will ever have. With that being said, um, we're about to hit an hour of this podcast. I think it's sort of the perfect way to finish. Uh, This podcast realistically could have been 15 hours long if I wanted to go over every single experience and talk about so many different things, but I tried to condense it. I do have some notes that I've I've gone through basically everything at this point Um, and all the little subtopics and then the the sub-subtopics and the little pointers that would help me give a bit of direction to this podcast. These are all done without scripts. All I do is have points. So I just want to say that I'm sorry if it can be a bit all over the place. I do my best to try and keep it like a story and have some sort of structure, which is why I make plans, pardon me. But at the end of the day, I'm not really used to doing uh, non-script voice work because usually my YouTube videos are scripted word for word. 
before I record. But these are just done, you know, <laughs> they're freestyles, basically, of me just talking. So I always worry that they're going to sound really, really bad. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed. If you have any questions, you can email me. My email should be in, well, if it's not in the show notes, it's contactdjsaviation at gmail.com. Alternatively, there's a Discord server, which you could easily join and just sort of ping me. Um, you can also see me on Twitter, and there's I'm on every social media, so the best ones, though, would be email or Twitter or Discord, pinging me in the server, and I'd be more than happy to sort of help you if you have questions. If you're someone that wants to maybe do what I did, and you're curious about visas, about money, about the ease of it, I'm more than happy to, like, help you and elaborate on certain topics. Because, once again, someone may have listened to this and maybe wanted to hear more about uh, rent, where I haven't really touched on it. Uh, I tried to make it cover everything as best as possible in a nice, well-rounded, hour-long podcast. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed. I really, really hope you enjoyed. Thank you so, so much to everyone that listens to these podcasts. They're obviously not the most popular thing. They're very much a niche. But to the people that take the time out of their day to listen, thank you. Uh, Hopefully the podcasts continue to be still entertaining, even if I'm back in Australia. I will try and find ways to make them more interesting. In fact, pardon me, probably they'll definitely return more to like aviation podcasts where I'll talk more about aviation news because there won't be very many exciting events going on in my life to document. Um, is there anything else to really cover? Uh, no. I mean, I'm just packing up my flat still at the moment. I've got suitcases around that I've had to buy another uh, piece of suitcase and luggage. I'm definitely going to get scammed by Qatar Airways because I'll definitely be going over the luggage allowance, so I'm 100% going to get scammed at the airport, but, you know... I, I, what am I going to do? I've already thrown out like so many different clothes and things, but I, uh, the point in time of like I can't keep throwing stuff out because then I'll have no clothes left. So that should be fun, transporting it around the airport. But I think my flat is somewhat coming together in a sense of packing up. There's still some things I've got to go through, but like my cupboards are empty and so forth. Other than that, there's nothing really going on. The weather's crap, but what do you expect? It's the UK. And that that's really it. I'm going to head off. I'm going to go and watch a movie by myself. (laughs) Maybe I'll have a movie review in the next podcast like I've been doing. Take care. Be safe. Once again, I hope you enjoyed listening and I will see you next week for the next podcast or if you're in the Discord server or anywhere else, I'm sure you'll hear from me very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. And thank you once again for listening.